three, three, two, two, one. one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present, of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only. Asher, Asher Chua. How are you guys doing today? We're doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you uh, a lot. I guess I appreciate you guys um, willing to join me on this meetup to just uh, converse semi face to face, even though it's it's virtual, but it's still cool. Absolutely. Thank you. So um, I I did check out your website a little bit, but um, I guess we're, we're just having a, a conversation, and I, I kind of do this in a way like sometimes it's for the podcast, other times it's really just getting to know know people that I'm associated with through like the different groups, Breathe University, um, Extreme Branding, Extreme Execution, things like that. And uh, well, maybe I should maybe I should tell you a little bit about myself. I don't know if, uh, if I'm doing a good job even introducing myself so far. <laughs> but obviously, I'm, I'm Asher. I'm, I live here in Georgia. I've been working in the construction industry the last eight years. And within like the last six years or so, I like looked into motivation a little bit per request of a friend, just something to keep, keep me motivated kind of going through the everyday. And I came across um, ET. Kind of started started following his movement, and then since then, I've just been um, learning more and more from either people that are like entrepreneurial or just people that want a better life than the life that they they've been given, what they've seen from their parents and, and things of that sort. So that's a little bit about me. Nice, I like that. And um, well, you, you cut yourself short because you also have it's my time <laughs> podcast. Right. That is, I was looking at your website and the format and what you're doing. It's pretty amazing. I, I think it's a, it's a very cool concept. Thanks. Uh, I, every time I look at it, I'm just like, don't like, don't get caught up on the numbers. I, I just started it on, um, I put the first podcast out in August, October, October of 2019. And that was from like pondering over it for the last year. And then finally going to one of the conferences in August and just deciding, okay, I need to do this before the end of the year. And I put a date on it. It was like, by the end of October, 2019, you need to create a business or create an idea and just realize it. And uh, granted, I did try to hide it i just kind of wrote it down in this in this notebook right here and i was like oh yeah forget about that just just go bury it and put it away but thankfully being in groups like this and um having conversations with people that kind of like check you or they don't necessarily have to check you but like if they're doing something and you're not you kind of feel bad for just like oh, okay like hey i did all this stuff and what'd you do and it's like cricket <laughs> Right. No, I hear you. And that's what the accountability call is good for, you know, ensuring that right. you feel like a straggler. You're like, man, I got to step my game up. Right, right. And, uh, and much like you, we did the same thing. Um, yeah, we went to a conference um, in August of last year, 2018, okay. uh, the Take Control in San Francisco. And right, right after the conference, we were, because we, I guess Lovey more, more so than myself have been talking about podcasts or doing something. And after mm-hmm. the conference, he was just like, you know what, we're just going to do it um, yeah. and just kind of let the chips fall where they may. And mm-hmm. we put out our, well, we officially, it was what, October? It so, was October. No, September 5th was the very first one that came out, our first release. We went end of August. No, August yeah. 6th is when we went. Yeah, well, it was September 5th was the first release. I mean, we came home, I went for it, and like <laughs> you, it was written down. And then right. I was like, I don't do this. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Right, right. And if you listen to our first podcast, it was horrible. It wasn't horrible. <laughs> it wasn't but it was horrible. done. 
<laughs> but it I mean, I, yeah, it was done. That's the important thing because yeah. it, it's like, I guess where they say humans are just very self-critical and uh, whatever you do, you're going to think it's bad, whether it's like your first public speech or your first like venture or whatever right. you're doing. It, it always seems like, man, I wish it could have been this or that, but it's like, hey, you know what? It's something like one's more right. than zero. That's right. And Absolutely. That, that's great. So it was September of this year? Of 2018. 2018. 2018. Gotcha. So you guys are got a full year in. Yeah, it's been yeah. a full year. This uh, this upcoming week, will what we're taping this weekend will be uh, episode sixty nine. Nice. We do it uh, once a week. Yeah. Got you. So, kind of walk me through how how does it work? So, um, we come together. Well, here's the thing: people ask if it's scripted, or and uh, so nothing we've done thus far has been scripted. It's been gotcha. we'll come up with we either telling our story, things that have happened in our particular lives, um, or we'll have some people. You know, after we've had a few episodes, people started writing in, mm-hmm. and they would ask, well, "What about this topic? You know, how do you guys deal with this and that?" Mm-hmm. And um, or we'll see something during the week and something will happen at work or a discussion yeah. or family and we'll come home and talk about it. And there have been plenty of times where we're like, well, wait, 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 save it for the podcast. Yeah. It's never as on the podcast as it is when we're just talking. I'm like, oh, yeah. I did not, you know, like the original, I'm like, I tried to, okay, what did I say then? But mm, gotcha. never as, you know, so we have to walk around almost like with little tape recording devices. <laughs> <laughs> the phone has become my best friend as far as I'm out driving, you know, for work and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have this idea and I'll hit that voice yeah. memo yeah. Uh, to put the idea down. But the whole premise is that we wanted to create something that was going to be um, a tool or a resource where a person could kind of be a fly on the wall and listen to a conversation between a married couple and, and our discussions. We, we talk all day long. I mean, we talk probably three, four times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just wanted to share that and our progress over the triumphs and challenges that we've had. Gotcha. That's amazing. I, I, I feel like I'm seeing a little bit more of it. Maybe it's from like being in Breathe University and kind of being around people that um, value marriage. Mm-hmm. I see that as like a very healthy progression where um, people are like yourselves are wanting to show other people like this is what it's like to be married and here are things that you can look forward to. Yeah, I, I feel like so many times, you know, when people, they talk about marriage just in general, it's always about the 50% or whatever the percentages that get divorced or, you know, the this is how many are single moms or domestic violence or what have you. But there's never a big rah-rah about having a loving marriage or a great partner. You don't really see that. And I know for myself, when I was growing up, it was almost like, it was like, oh, that's fairy tale. That doesn't happen in real life. Those are, stop reading those books. That's just romantic. And, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't happen in your marriage or in your life. And I've, I've always been kind of like, don't, don't issue me a challenge. Cause I kind of felt like that was a challenge a little bit. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to settle for anything other than what it is that I really want. And I want it what I want it. So it was up to me to help make it happen. And I feel like with us being out, just putting it out there, like, it's okay to be in love with your partner. It's okay to want to spend time. It's, it's great Mm -hmm. to say, I love you and just be hugged up. And, you know, so many people are against that kind of thing. I feel like, you know, so I felt it was very important for us to be like, no, let's tell our story because we are in love and, and we still mm-hmm. have that, you know, some, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see my husband. I got to, you know, whatever. It's not <laughs> just like, it, it didn't go away just in the early stages of the relationship, the euphoric, you know, stage. Yeah. Like euphoria can last. You just have right. to make it last. So. Gotcha. And that, that's what you guys are trying to show people. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and there's another component to that. When we were, well, first off, we almost succumb. We still have, it's not like it's been peaches and cream the whole time. No, sometimes I still yeah. would have. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, early in our marriage, um, our oldest child, our son, he's 25 now, um, mm-hmm. but he developed a complex where he was almost embarrassed to have a two-parent household that he was coming home to. Because mm-hmm. a lot of his friends, a lot of his cousins, um, you know, were going home to single parent household. That's what I grew up in. That's what my wife grew up in. And he almost felt like you know, people, people in our family used to make fun of us, believe it or yeah. not. And they were like, oh, you guys are the Huxtables. Oh, what are the Huxtables doing now? And I'm like, that's true. when did that become a negative thing? And, and hey, right, right. we're not the Huxtables. I mean, we got challenges. I mean, early on, you know, our lights were about to get cut off the whole nine yards. <laughs> but when did that become negative? And we wanted to make sure that people within our specific community understand that it's okay to be in a loving relationship, that there is no, um, you know, if you're, we're African-American, right? As you can see us. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> but it's 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 okay to have two parents in the household. It's yeah. okay to have discipline. It's okay for you know um, dad to you know to struggle and then you know get an education. It's okay for mom to for them to come back together and and have conversations rather than arguments. I mean, we've dealt with the whole nine, and yet somehow or another, we were still the ones that were being made fun of um, by some of our our cousins and siblings that yeah. we weren't living real life. And I was like, I don't know, my life feels just as real as what you're going through. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's true. So, so would, would you say that that's something definitely from both of your backgrounds, the environment is it's always kind of presented the like, like you're supposed to struggle, but it's like in, in the, in the picture of marriage, it's always like, it's never supposed to be pretty. Like, don't go watch those like Disney movies. Like exactly. I'll be reading those books around here because it's like, that. that's not our reality. Exactly. Like, that's, that's, you just hit the nail on the head as far as, far as I'm concerned. That has always been, you know, I've always, oh, get your head out of the clouds kind of type of statements. And that's not real life. That's, you know, that's fantasy. That's this. That's, um, and I, I, I believe that. I really mm-hmm. did believe that. But even though I did believe it, I'm like, it just it, within my, so, you know, when something, your spirit just feels like, I don't know. I don't know. There yeah. could be, you know, so I've always had that type of pool to where I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing that. You know, even in past relationships, you're like, oh, you're tripping because he's doing that. Like I'm, I'm but I don't accept that. So if yeah. that's a problem for me, the nor- that might be okay for the masses. But for me, I didn't right. like it, you know, so people thought that I was, you know, I'm bougie. I'm all these different things <laughs> because I don't accept, you know, what um, other people accept in a relationship. I'm just like I'm just not gonna you know and so if I have to hold out and I have to wait then I just have to wait because right. what's that movie I could do battle by myself that kind of was like I'm like I can do that all by myself I don't need to do that <laughs> my partner but that right. was really the norm basically every uh in relationships that I've seen that I witnessed you know I've seen people you know stay together a genuine mm-hmm. true happiness I felt like that eluded a lot of um, the couples that I knew. So mm. like, no, I don't, I don't want that. It's not that like Lovey said, we don't have our challenges. Sometimes right. I'm just like, Oh my God, just go in the other room, you know, mm. but that, that it doesn't last long. It's like, we both take a breath. Okay. So this is what, what I was trying to say, you know, mm. so we, we were able to come back maybe quicker than mm. a lot of other couples. We don't hold the grudges that, you know, we've seen and we don't keep rehashing the past or whatever. We get it out there. We say it, we put it out there. Okay. Let's deal with it in the way that we deal with it. And let's, let's move on because we cannot let it tear down what we've worked so hard to build up. Plus, you know, we have a son and we have two daughters and Mm. I want my, as, as corny as my husband is, lovey is corny. (laughs) (laughs) But it's corny. I I high five you to that. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but I, I want them, you know, when, when they when they think about love and a romance, a relationship or uh, or the guy, I want mm-hmm. them to think of how their dad treated their mom. And mm-hmm. I they even say that, well, you know, mom, because dad, he does X, Y, Z for you. Or dad, he, you know, don't, if, if he feels like they're getting out of line, I'm like, I can handle it. But he's like, no, that's my wife. She was my mm-hmm. wife before she was your mom. So mm. that, that protectiveness, you know, that's what he does. And they see that. So I'm like, that's what I want them to see. That's what I want them to want. You know, I don't right. want them to just be accepting anything, some, any old guy, you know, you right. gotta, right. you gotta earn the right to, to, uh, to be with my daughters. I want them to feel mm. that way about themselves. So I believe it's what we teach them, what, you know, what they see It's going to be not always, it's not always what you, what they, what they do. You know, you don't always emulate what you see, but at least you would have that, that solid foundation and that background, you know, where you came from. So you mm-hmm. can always maybe reach back into that and be like, Oh, uh-uh. that wasn't how I was raised. So right, this is what right. I want, you know, I, I, I talked a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Back to that, that old adage about um, children here, 0% of what you say and 100% of what you do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny. We were getting advice about marriage and what we should and shouldn't do from people that were unhappy. extremely unhappy. Um, my dad, you know, he, he's been on, he's on his fourth wife and, he's, and he's, he's extremely happy. Every, you know, there was different stages of his life. My mother, yeah. before she passed away, I mean, she, this was her third marriage, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it was odd. These people that were on their fourth and their third marriages trying to tell us how to be married right and we're explaining to them that you know but they they knew love i was gonna say well i mm-hmm. mean you know a lot of times when people see mistakes they don't do this or don't do but i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you i just want to throw it out there it's not always you know no, it wasn't always the negative there was a lot of positive there but it was always funny yeah. to me it was it's like the person that doesn't have children trying mm-hmm. to tell everybody how to raise their kids right right <laughs> <laughs> i do my best to keep my mouth shut i'm just I was like <laughs> It's like, no, sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I, I've been studying this. And it's like, maybe I should just go sit in the corner and be quiet because like the person, it's easy for me to come in and just say something when you're not with somebody 24 seven, because That's then true. it's completely different. But I was true. curious, um, whenever you, you talk about love, a lot of times it gets associated with happiness. And do you ever feel that like, for instance, people that are, um, not in successful relationship you think too much attention is placed on loving somebody or finding love and happiness through somebody else rather than like having that internally mm-hmm. and inter- did i say that right internally no i know you yeah. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well the way i look at it is um I, I think a challenge with any relationship whether you're married or not is that you do look externally for happiness. And, but you know, we're set up because society, books, movies, um, mm-hmm. songs always talk about when I find that man or when I find that woman, you know, I'll be complete. Right. Um, and, but quite honestly, if you don't love the person looking back at you in the mirror, it's always going to be difficult. And you've got to find that love for yourself and acceptance of self. And a lot of it comes down to knowing who you are. And unfortunately, we have a large segment of society, the great majority, that really don't even know who they are themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's why we're big proponents of uh, taking the disc assessment because yeah, yeah. it gives you an opportunity to recognize who you are, your preferences, your tendencies. It doesn't tell you who you are, but it tells you what you like in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And we're oh, huge proponents. Like yeah, situations. or even why. And it makes you ask questions as to why you do the things that you do. 
And the more you, you come and have a recognition of self, then you're able to be able to read other people a little bit better and maybe even get a better understanding of where they're coming from. And opposites do attract. And it helps that when you are attracted to someone and you, because we're complete opposites, <laughs> and we're like a puzzle piece that fits together. And the yeah. things I love about her are some of the things that drive me nuts as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that people do confuse happiness with love. Um, mm-hmm. We had a discussion. I think a topic that we're going to do down the road is... That's a good one, though. Happiness versus love? Yeah, I think so. Because people have a tendency to confuse the two. And mm-hmm. love is something that I think is generated innately. But you, but they think that because you love someone, therefore you're going to seek happiness. Happiness isn't a an end state. It's not a destination. Um, it's generated from, I think, gratefulness and understanding where you are and being... It, it's kind of hard to kind of really espouse, but it's one of those things where yeah. it comes from within. It doesn't come outside of you. And you can't look to someone else for that. But I do believe another person can assist you in your journey. If you're aligned, right. um, they're, they're seeking their happiness. I'm seeking my happiness. And then we're, we're helping each other in that mm-hmm. journey. I think that's what marriage can be versus I need you. And if I don't have you, I'll never be happy. Gotcha. Or, putting, or making like you were kind of saying the expectation of that other person to make them happy. You know, of course, I want to be happy, but I have to be able to be first be happy here. And then you add some joy, but not I have nothing here. And then you just give it all to me. That's very unhealthy. Right. And I think right. that a lot of couples... I know one in particular, he, he makes comments about like, oh, well, what this person can do for him, what this person can't do for him and why mm-hmm. he's with this and blah, blah, blah. Because if he had, I mean, it's, it's all these external things. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, where's your responsibility to yourself? You know, right, right. like doesn't ha- he doesn't hold that. He pl- gotcha. places um, the responsibility of happiness mm-hmm. on everyone else. But that's because, you know, the self-love that he should have for himself he doesn't mm-hmm. have, you know, we all have a past. We all have a history. We've all mm-hmm. made mistakes, but until we learn how to let those learn from first, learn from the mistakes and then let them go right. and see, okay, so what did I learn in that? Blah, 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 whatever. And then I can move on and enhance and love myself. And then mm-hmm. I feel like once I love myself, I can open myself up to be happy as far as, mm-hmm. um, what. Well, receive happiness from you know give it a give and take reciprocate the happiness with another person gotcha that, does that make sense that makes sense. yeah i was i was gonna say to your <laughs> point I, i've almost heard the, i've almost heard the opposite sometimes where like like you said you have somebody that is that somebody else has to fulfill their happiness but then other people take it on themselves to say i'm gonna do everything to make this person happy mm. and it's like that's almost sounds like to me recently when i heard it i was like that sounds like you're going on a suicide mission where mm. you're you're going way out of your way to do something you were never intended to go do. But like we mentioned earlier, like what your culture puts out, what society, either through movies, TV, um, songs, books, this, that, and the other, it, it can be very muddied, like what you're supposed to be doing. Like, of course, you want um, your family members, your best friends, you want them to be like happy, to be happy around you. But mm-hmm. if you're not happy yourself internally, and if you don't know what a healthy version of that looks like, it, it can, um, like you basically pour everything you have into somebody else and then when you're just burnt out and drained you don't have anything left to give so true it's and like, then you're upset because you poured all this out and then you're like left like well i did all this and what about me and kind of right. you know, we go it's like you're back at the you start back at zero again and do the same thing all over you know i don't remember who said it there was um it could have been et cj one of the guys or us to a lot of different podcasts a lot of different um, um motivational sources and somebody 
says you, you don't serve. When we talk about pouring into other people, the right. best way to do it, the healthiest way to do it is not to, to pour from your cup, but to right. pour from the saucer. Your cup has to be so full that your cup overflows. Right. And then what you do is within the saucer that's capped, you pour from the saucer to ensure right. that you're still helping other individuals, but you're not depleting yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. I've um, never heard I've never heard that word saucer before, but I like it. I think it <laughs> I think it <laughs> No, I, I like it because I was like, like for some reason I was thinking like UFO or something, but I'm like, oh, oh no, you mean like, like kind of like the, would it be like a drip pan or? Kind of. Okay, so you remember like the old, so like the teacups? The plate that the, oh, right. yeah, so, gotcha. so, you know, you get your plate where they, you know, see the old English movies where they bring you the, your tea, but they serve it on a little tiny plate. Right. That plate okay, is the okay. saucer. So if there's an overspill, it goes into right. the plate. Gotcha. Okay. It may have been T.D. Jakes that said that I was listening to him recently. You know, I want to say, cause I heard heard that a long time ago so well, it might have been yeah. TD. I, yeah. I, I love yeah, it he's talk, talking about like the overflow and i heard a message telling about um when like he's like don't lose your head over this and he talks about why like your head is the most important thing while you're told to protect it whether it's mm-hmm. like whether you're in a uh, like spiritual warfare or mental warfare it's like mm-hmm. everything always starts at your head and whenever it talks mm-hmm. about i think it's the 23rd psalm says your cup runneth over and it's like your cup um i'm probably messing it up now <laughs> but I was going to say, he said you can't get anything in your cup. Like say if you're holding a cup in your hand, unless you, the anointing that you have is on your head. And then once it runs over, it runs over into your cup. And once your cup runs over, that, like you said, it hits that foster. And then that's what you can be able to pour into people. Because it, it's a big difference when um, you're full and you keep like, like kind of like ET, you, you keep putting out all this energy. It's like for me, like I, I can maybe do this for like a short period of time because I'm not that like high energy but I can definitely feel like okay if I've gotten up I did my morning routine I worked out I um, did the devotional like I, I just keep feeding and feasting on this information like once I have a conversation like this it's like okay I, I can go for a little bit longer and then afterward it doesn't feel like oh man like mm-hmm. I gotta load, lay down for an hour like recover just be like where am I right now okay, that's true are you a high S or high C both both, both very high. Okay. Yeah. The first time I took the test, I was a 99, 99. And, wow. and then recently I, I was a 70, 71. I kind of came down a little bit and then <laughs> went up with the, uh, the, the D personality. I think that's what I did that intentionally to be able to like, okay, you got to start the podcast, put it out every week and just kind of stay on this. Don't focus on the quality too much with the website. Even like I just did the best I could myself. And I was like, let me just pick something simple. Hopefully I'll get with the web designer later and um, fix what I can fix. But it's like, if, if it's going out and people are able to enjoy it, if they're able to listen to it and consume it and they say they like it, like that little thing that I say, I, I all it really bothers me it's like if the people that it was intended for listen to it and they didn't complain just leave it alone and keep it moving otherwise like i almost i think it's maybe not this week but maybe two two or three weeks from now the podcast that i'm going to be putting out at some part of it while I was recording I'm talking with um, one of the guys and I was like oh man like I need to put this out it's episode number two and he's just like well I didn't get to edit it the way I wanted to edit but I was like it's got to go out within like the next 15 minutes so it's like well let me do it now <laughs> like let me literally do it now so I can stay consistent and commit to what I said I was going to do otherwise it's just going to be like okay well you started and you stopped now what you know um, Nikki always talks about you know just get the content out you know and because yep. like you said, the message, if it's solid content, solid messaging, it, it'll get out. People will appreciate it. 
we had a podcast. It was about two or three podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the interview? Yes. No, and we ended up having um, one of our listeners in New York um, mm-hmm. who we picked up organically. Oh. Yeah. She, she emailed us, you know, I know you're not supposed to roll over and check your phone first thing in the morning, but on my podcast release mornings, mm-hmm. I always roll over on Wednesday morning to check my phone to make sure everything's good and see that the podcast loaded. Mm-hmm. And I had an email from her, like, urgent. She's like, there's yeah. something clapping on your entire oh, podcast. That was the interview. Yeah. <laughs> when you interviewed me. Oh, that's right. I interviewed yeah. you. Oh. And <laughs> Somehow or another, I turned on the metronome um, in the podcast. So the metronome had that ticking the yeah. entire podcast. Mm. It was nuts. Now, if you had told me to put the metronome on, I wouldn't yeah. know where it was. I had to search That's- to find, figure out how to turn it off. <laughs> and it was so bothersome. But people loved that. It was one of our highest rated podcasts, mm. even though it drove me nuts. Still drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, but people loved hearing her and her story and her perspective. So he, it was really cool. He, he hijacked my, uh, my interview. I was like, really? You've never done it before. You interviewed me, and all of a sudden, now you want to click this thing on. Oh my gosh. It was called Her Story. I, I, since then, though, I've been able to go back and, and fix it. I was able to remaster it without the met- metronome. And so, if anybody was to go now and listen to it, yeah. um, they would hear it without the ticking. But, gotcha. but I hear it. Sometimes you just got to get it out there. Yeah. It, it's funny. This week's episode, I. I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm on a roll, like episode 13, put it out. And then the next morning I was like, let me let me listen to it, make sure it's good. And then what was supposed to be like 40 minutes was six minutes. And I was like, whoa, let me go fix that right now. And somehow or another, I guess when I uploaded the file, I must have cut it by mistake. And it just uploaded the first six minutes of the podcast and not like the rest of it. Oh but gosh. fixed it, put it out there. And I was just like, okay, just keep, keep promoting it. But it's like, um, what's funny, I think I... I told my mom, I was like, oh, I've, I've got to go fix this real quick. He's like, oh, okay, how, how are you going to do it? I was like, oh, don't worry. It's just going to take a few minutes just with technology. Like you um, fix it on SoundCloud. I was like, okay, just put the right file, go to Anchor, put the right file up. And luckily, like YouTube, is, it's fine because it's just a video. And sometime in 2020, I'm going to figure out how to uh, edit it properly or, or get with somebody that can help me edit the video file. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. It, it takes time. You know, yeah. but as long as people thoroughly enjoy it and, you, and you've you've niched properly and you're talking to the right people, I mean, they'll be there for the journey. Yeah, that's that's the whole reason. Uh, like, I was, I'm going to the uh, the extreme branding thing uh, not next week, but I guess is it next week since this coming week is the the first week of January. January. Yeah, I know it's coming up soon. Yeah, I know it's. I know Nikki's amped about that. I'm surprised you got in because that closed down quick. Yeah, well, I mean, I I I got in, and then I think I got in once they like they put it out, but it just took me a while to kind of get into the group because I've just got different things going on, and I'm just for one trying to stay focused on the podcast, and then um, just work on other things little by little, and not not have like too many things because as being a high essence, it's like you, I always want to just go kind of go with the flow. So it's like, oh, here's a program. Oh, here's a group. Oh, here's a group. Here's a group. And I'm just like, join, join. And it's like, wait, like if one of these things don't go together, like I just need to stop, like pick one thing that's going to work, put the attention there. And then if I'm trying to speed it up too quick, it's being able to go through the courses and just say, okay, um, make sure I understand my mode of communication, find the right audience and just work on that. Better for it to take five years and it work out than me, like try and just spark it up in a few months and then just ruin it all together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think it's a great venue. I think it's a, it's a great platform that you have. Um, Thank you. Again, we're super appreciative. This is great. Thank you. Oh, well, uh, I know we just hit the 30-minute the mark, but I'm like... <laughs> as long as you need us. 
Gotcha. I was no, I was just thinking in my head. I was like, okay, just stop, stop overthinking it. But you guys, you're, are you guys out in California? Yes. Okay. What, what, what part? Northern California. We're right outside of Sacramento. Okay. So you get like the snow and no. all that. Or no, <laughs> no. Okay. Not, it's not, cold though. Gotcha. It's cold, but no snow. No. I think gotcha. it's okay. snow. Every blue moon. Every blue moon. Gotcha. Yeah, but closer to the, uh, closer to Nevada, like towards the mountains is where oh, okay. the snow is. Gotcha. So, yeah, we're not that. We're not that north or the okay. sacramento area is pretty uh, we're still in the sacramento county it's pretty mm-hmm. insulated I mean, we can we're two hours away from snow mountains um mm-hmm. two hours away from san francisco um gotcha. there's a lot of different things that we can do yeah um, right we come back here it's a town called galt uh, if you blink you'll miss it <laughs> a couple blinks not just one blink <laughs> But yeah. yeah, we're in the valley, so I mean, it gets really cold. You know, mm-hmm. there's uh, we don't have a problem here with flooding, but there's you know flooding and stuff that happens when it rains. So. Gotcha. Yeah. And did you did you both grow up in um, in California? Yes. I grew up in, uh, well, I was born in Sac, lived in Sac for the first 11 years, and we moved, my family moved to the Bay Area. And then okay. when I was uh, an adult, I moved back to Sacramento. Okay. So. And I'm born and bred Sacramento, and then I, uh, then I went in the Air Force, traveled a bit around the world, then okay. uh, swore I would never come back to Sac, <laughs> and, and here I am. Yeah. It's funny how that happens. Oh, yeah. And um, it is funny how that happens. Like, I, I've... <laughs> I've spent the last couple months back home um, where I went to high school and things, um, spending some time with my parents. And it's probably been, it's probably been like close to 11 years since I've spent that much time like mm-hmm. in that area and just kind of walking around certain areas. I'm like, oh, wow. I remember, I remember uh, where I first tried out for a sport team, or maybe this is the second time. Like this one was a tryout where it's like, you can either make it or not make it based on your talent. The other ones is like, if you just sign up, you're on the team. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, uh, like I'm originally from Cameroon, which is known well for playing soccer, but I, I wasn't like one of those all star kids coming up. So I just remember in sixth grade, uh, there's a track there or there, there's a field there where they would basically bus you over from school and you would practice there. And then from there, you have your parents pick you up. And I was just walking around. And I was just like, Oh yeah, I remember I tried out here for the soccer team and I just, uh, was not good. I found out. <laughs> real quick it's like yeah our, our uh, hometown team is great and this that and the other but I was like I'm not I'm not that guy but right. just kind of walking around and thinking back on memories that maybe weren't so fond but now it's like there's an appreciation for it I think it's been one of the, the better things of like being home and just like going somewhere not because you have to but because you choose to right. and I'm like oh, okay like I can see why this is cool or you I, I kind of have a better understanding of like how money kind of moves around the city just from having like the, the bird's eye view or um, listening to Jamal and just different people like that, that just um, focus on like the tangibles. So true. So when you visit the area I grew up in, uh, NPR just did a, um, I think it was a five or six part series on my old neighborhood mm-hmm. and it's called Making Meadowview and it's a uh, capital city NPR mm-hmm. and a friend of mine told me that it was on there and in listening to it, they're telling the story um, of a lot of my youth mm-hmm. and in my neighborhood, I grew up dead smack in the middle of this area called Meadowview in Sacramento. Yeah. They're talking about people and places and things and occurrences and I was yeah. like, wow, I, I remember all this. I was yeah. right there and when you're going through it, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you, you take it for granted, I think. And right, then right. When you grow up, you have a tendency to romanticize what it was like back in the day and you know I I can tell some stories but we won't go into it because I know this is a (laughs) PG and I've grown from then (laughs) maybe we'll maybe we'll save it for a special segment we'll just be like this is 
for uh, right, Jekyll and Hyde. Like, yeah, exactly. Your eyes only are just like viewer discretion advised. Like, be careful. Right, exactly. Oh, you know, we call it uh, and how they grow. Mm. You know, um, everybody has a past. Everyone has a story, and that's one of the things that we do in our podcast. Is uh, I'm married into crazy. We try and talk about how we have a story, but we recognize that a lot of couples have stories. But mm. recognize that these are chapters in your life. So right. everybody has a chapter, you know, and you're progressing, you're reading. And one thing that we we like to go back to is that you know I met her. We met each other on chapter 26 mm. of our lives, mm. and our kids and other couples have a tendency to look at chapter 50 mm. and think they're supposed to go from one to 50. Um, and it's like no, right. no. no. You you don't see, you know, all, all the, it's kind of like an iceberg, right? You only see the tip yeah. of the iceberg. They don't yeah. see the, the, the other 75% beneath the water that's supporting that glacier that you see above the water. Right. And we can remind people that it's the, it's what you don't see that really keeps everything afloat. And those are things we try and talk about, the little nuances. And uh, it's kind of like we deal with the history. It, it's mm. people don't remember when we were about to get divorced, yeah. uh, when we were doing, I mean, they, half our family practically forgot all about that. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And we bring them like, oh yeah. I do remember that. You guys did have that brain thing going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You did. He did get stabbed. Um, yeah. You know, all these different things. It's crazy. You know, people forget. Yeah. I forget. I was one that got stabbed through my heart. Yeah. But what you did. Cars. You, okay. You, you weren't joking. Oh. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I, I was just laughing going to My bad. I wasn't laughing at your pain. I was just laughing, thinking we were... You were like, man, he did live in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> right. That's where, that's where my head was at. <laughs> Oh yeah, so that's that's a very real story. Yeah, we uh we got so we met on a blind date, and when we actually okay, we met on a blind connection. People put us forced us to meet each other. Yeah, okay. And then uh, four months after we met, she told everybody I was a nerd. I wasn't her type. All of that, and (laughs) four months later, we were engaged. Nice. And um, she had an estranged um, ex-boyfriend that just would not leave her alone. And uh, long story short, he forced his way into her house and uh, attacked her. He and I got into it. We got into a fight. As they pulled me off of him, he ended up stabbing me with a serrated kitchen knife. And it went all the way through my heart. And so yeah, people are like, oh, okay, he's speaking metaphorically. <laughs> no, it's real. <laughs> now, two open heart surgeries later. Mm-hmm. Um, the knife went into my heart. First medical procedure was life-saving, right? They cracked my chest open, go in, they repair what they saw and thought everything was good. I had an amazing nurse um, during ICU when I was in recovery. Um, she didn't like the way some of my vitals were, were presenting themselves. And she actually, she's an angel because she went to the attending cardiologist and told her that something's odd about the way he's he's responding. Like his chest is vibrating rather than rising and falling. And the cardiologist told her that, and I remember this, the cardiologist said, well, it's consistent with the trauma. She goes, well, how can it be consistent? Because you just told that group of students that you've never seen anything like this, the way that I was stabbed. Because if it would have, yeah. the knife would have traveled one millimeter in any direction, my heart would have exploded. And that's nothing but God. And right. he did re- literally bring in a, a group of students or about seven or eight students. And he had a model of a heart with a pencil showing them, and I gave them permission to do this, showing them how yeah. it entered and yeah. explained to them how he, there's no reason why he should be alive right now, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, but you just said that. So she went over his head to the chief of cardiology for this hospital and they ordered a bunch of tests and they discovered that the knife went all the way through. There was a small hole on the backside of my heart. So every time the chambers filled, it was yeah. like, imagine a balloon. If you take a balloon yeah. full of air and you put it underwater and yeah. had like a little pinhole, that's what was happening. It was escaping out the back of my heart. And gotcha. they had to go in and I had a 60% chance of dying the second time they did the surgery. And um, yeah, we survived that. And it was probably one of the best things that ever happened because it solidified or got me that much closer to God. Um, we wow. still have our arguments um, and disagreements. <laughs> but, um, Probably 
probably that much closer and it, and it gives you perspective on life. Yeah. Um, being a high D, high I, um, I can be pretty forceful at times, um, mm-hmm. but I don't take things as serious at times as I used to. Gotcha. My wife was like, I don't know about oh, that. Um, but trust me, I, I was a lot worse at one point. T- everything bothered me, um, gotcha. but it wasn't a certain way. Yeah. And, you know, you just... <laughs> Something still issue. She leaves the cabinet doors open on purpose because <laughs> she knows it drives me nuts. But anyway, I mean, that's part of our story is we survive that and our relationship undergoes a lot of um, a lot of stress, tension. a lot of tension when you deal with that. And um, we found ways of rising above that. And that's, again, something else we talk about on Married Into Crazy. Yeah, you know, every relationship is going to, it has its own stressors and tension without, the, um, without adding to it. And that was a whole, that was a lot to add to it especially in the very beginning you know mm-hmm. it wasn't like we had uh we were solid we were 10 10 years in and then this happened it's like at the very very beginning and it's like okay that was uh so do we can it was almost like a should we continue on in the relationship or should we let it go it was like one of those points where we was like well we could just walk away because yeah. we haven't invested a whole bunch of anything yet you know mm-hmm. but it was uh, yeah, ask you do you have any other people i should be worried about <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it was crazy. The, the newspaper wrote an article about it and they painted this crazy story um, of a love triangle gone bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Sensationalized. Luckily, we, I had a friend in the media at the time, and she it was one of my best friends. It was my best friend's mother. Um, she was a known media personality. She went in and got them to do a full retraction, but nobody reads the retraction. You know, everybody remember that. So that that fueled some of my family's um, animosity uh, and tension that you know grew between them and, and my wife, which. Gotcha. <laughs> we had to grow from that. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't just like brush past that story. He's like, oh, a stabbing and da da da. And then I wanted to get some bread. I'm like, wait, wait you got stabbed? Like, come on. Yeah. Two open heart surgeries, a near gotcha. divorce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. so I guess at that point with, with that happening at the very start of the relationship like how did you guys decide like yeah like we're going like we're moving forward like we should just give it a shot um for me actually at the time it was it wasn't even a question you know um I felt like at that we had we had found each other um and we were we were we we're gonna we we're getting married you know mm-hmm. that's how it was just no questions asked there was nothing to all I had to do was wait for him to heal basically so that we could continue on with the what not just with our plans to get married but with the marriage the wedding all of that stuff so at, at no point did it ever be like, well, I don't think we should move forward. I mean, not previously gotcha. before that, uh, mm-hmm. when my ex started coming back around and he was bothering me, I was like, we have went out to dinner and I told him, I was like, I think we should break up. And he was like, what? You know, because it was kind of out of the blue for him. Yeah. I was like, because, you know, he's bothering me. He's coming around all the time. He's showing up at my job. He was just exhibiting these crazy behaviors, you know. Yeah. And and I said, and I what I don't want is for uh, you and him to have an altercation of some sort. And yeah. he was like, well, <laughs> well, he said, okay, so do you love me? And I was like, well, yes, obviously, you know. And he was like, okay, then that's all that you know. We we're 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 not even going to worry about him. We're going to move forward in our relationship. I had went to uh, get a restraining order. It was denied because based on previous history with him, he never mm-hmm. exhibited any type of um, 
abusive behavior as far as like, you know, erratic craziness. Yeah. Not that I guess there's certain levels of crazy. So he never reached a level where they were concerned. So, mm-hmm. but what they did not advise me of was like afterwards, like, oh, you, well, you could have filed a, a harassment suit or something like that. And all these different things come up after the fact. I'm like, oh, well, thanks, right. guys. Thanks for letting me know that, you know. So, right, right. Um, you know, there were, like Lovey was saying about, there were things that people just did not know that were happening. All mm-hmm. they know was that, well, when it came out that my ex came around and stabbed him. They didn't know yeah. all about the other, him bothering me at work and all these different things I had to I went to my manager um, where I was working at the time and I was like, okay, this is a situation. He's bothering me. He's coming in. I mean, he just showed up at my job one day. I'm at my desk and I'm working and I turn around and he's right there with a ring in his hand. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm proposing and, you know, I want us to get, and I was like, no, we're not, you know. And right. I was like, okay, that was fatal attraction-ish for me. So yeah. I and I told my, my boss and he was like, okay. So the very next day, they installed security outside right. to where everyone had to have a badge to get in because oh, before, wow. you could just walk in the office. So yeah. right after that happened, the very next day, everyone had to have a badge to get into our office. So mm-hmm. I was like, and you know, and my friend who was there the night that Lovey and I met, she was like, Oh, that was your fault? Now that we that everybody got the inconvenience. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> so, you know, there was a lot of things that were going on um behind the scenes that we just we just didn't talk about. We just kind of dealt with, with each other. And um I never felt like, oh, he's not gonna wanna marry me after this. When this mm-hmm. happened, that was you know, the whole thought was for him to be better. That's all my mind kept thinking about was him getting better, getting better. And uh, and actually, a lot of the guilt that I carried, too. I carried a mm. tremendous amount of guilt. Oh, it was it was just like uh, it was I was heavy in it, you know. Yeah. So I never, ever felt like we should just break up. I mean, not after he got stabbed. I'm like, yo, you right. stabbed now, you're mine. So let's just go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. My boys are like, are you sure about this? <laughs> no. Don't no. say nah. <laughs> no. Actually, you know, actually my, my family was had, was reticent. They, they had concerns, but it never crossed my mind. When I came out, um, you know, you wake up intubated. They can't speak. You have the tubes down your throat. Um, you know, I saw my mom sitting next to me crying. But when I came out of that, it, at no point was it, it was like, okay, is my mom okay? What happened? And then when they explained what had transpired, you know, my next thing is, okay, well, where's Snooks? Well, at the time it was, where's Rana? You know, yeah. I wanted her by my side. Um, mm. It was a foregone conclusion that we were going to be together. And I hate for it to sound so fairy tale-ish. Whereas yeah. when I met her, I just knew. Um, mm-hmm. In this equation, it was. It when I First time I met her, yeah. I said, this is her. I called my cousin and said, I met the one. She yeah. said, I know, I'm going to marry this girl. <laughs> but it was one of those things where if you go through, like, you know, we talk about bringing in the harvest, mm-hmm. right? And in order to bring in a harvest, you go through a lot of chaff. You have to sit there and whittle through to get your true harvest. Everything that you bring in isn't meant for consumption, isn't meant to be kept. Some things have right. to be tossed aside. And I, I, I liken our relationship to everything that I had been to other people and everything that other people have been to me and all the experiences prior to me meeting mm-hmm. six was the chaff. This is the stuff I had to go through and the growth in order to be prepared for this relationship. I just knew that she was my harvest. Gotcha. Our relationship was my harvest. And it's not to say that I was a catch before that. Because um, <laughs> people that know me know me. No, yeah. they, always, they always remark to her like, I can't. Well, this is a different dude because yeah. I was a very different individual when I was in the military. Um, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we, gotcha. we wouldn't have dated. We would not have dated. Gotcha. So. You guys were just like on, on far opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh, we were on different planets. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah, no, we wouldn't. If you you were still in the military, we would not have dated. No. Gotcha. No, that's, so that, that's a that's a great story. Uh, I I hate to uh, wrap it up at the moment, but it looks like my phone's about to die on me here. <laughs> but I definitely want to continue this. Are you guys going to be in in Miami? No, for the one percent. Yeah, or gotcha. Well, I guess I'll be there for the one percent, but I'll be there for the the thing before it. But um, somehow or another, if I don't meet you in person sometime in 2020, we will do another one of these for sure. Definitely. I appreciate it. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Likewise. And before you guys go, um, could you just tell the people um, how they can get a hold of you, where they can find you online, on social media, all of that? Yeah, um, you can. Reach- <laughs> like, that's your thing. Bobby <laughs> <laughs> always like to tell me if that's my line. Okay. No. So our website is marriedintocrazy.com. And then you can reach up to us um, at coaching at marriedintocrazy.com. Also, snooks and lovey at Gmail is another way you can reach us. And our Instagram mm-hmm. is married into crazy. Everything is married into crazy, even on Facebook. So you look up it. married into crazy, you'll find us. Yeah, nice. And and uh, snooks and lovey, that's, that's your nickname? And it is. I'm lovey. Uh, and snooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a blessed day. Thanks, Ashley. Likewise.